Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I want to welcome each and every one of you back to our series entitled Magnify that we began last week. I want to welcome our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus streaming with us, maybe someone in a video venue here at the Keller campus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Psalms, middle of your Bible, Psalms 34 is where we're going to go. We unpacked that last week. I have some new things I want to show you that we want to hone in on this week. And uh, we're talking about what it means to learn how to experience God. That's what we do a lot of times here in June is my passion and my desire is to help you understand the experiential side of God. Here's what I know about myself. Here's what I know because I'm one of you is that in our culture, we tend to be a little bit better with the rational side, the linear side, the, the things that we feel comfortable with about God, and God is so amazing, so big, his attributes are, are really hard for us to really even put into human language, and, and, and all the things that describe who he is, they're, they're all a part of who he is, yet I, I love to help us understand more about, again, the experiential side, the relational side of God. Sometimes I'll talk to you about spiritual gifts or I'll talk to you about pneumatology, which means the study of the Spirit, that the Spirit of God is here dwelling with us so that we can experience God in our real lives. And this year I wanted to talk to you about understanding worship and what it means to, to magnify God. We learned this last week that we all magnify something, that, that we all are making something big in our hearts and lives and, and learning how to make God bigger. We don't need to make him bigger. He's big all by himself, but we need him to be bigger in our lives and in our perspective. And that's really what happens when we worship God is he becomes bigger to us and we, we put him at a higher place in our lives. And so we started talking about that last week and, and I wanna unpack it a little bit more. But before we do, I also wanna celebrate that we had several hundred of our church family. We had a bunch of middle school students go off to camp this week. And so we're excited about that. All of our campuses have middle school students in their services as well, and I want us to get a little highlight of what God did this week. Let's watch this together. We are thrilled about what God is doing at middle school camp this week. Over 400 students are spending time in God's presence, hearing his voice, getting connected to leaders, making friends and having so much fun. This is such a critical age. Middle schoolers are asking real foundational questions and it's an opportunity for them to be molded and shaped by God. Our prayer this week has been for God to really minister to students in the areas of their identity in Jesus and help them to create friends who will be positive influences in their lives. One day when we're no longer here on earth, 
you're going to stand before God himself. And he's not going to ask you, hey, do your parents believe in me? Okay, you're in. He's going to look at you dead in the face and say, who do you say my son is? God's purpose for your life will require boldness. Boldness to go home and influence your family for Jesus. Boldness to go home and walk in freedom from sin. God, give me the boldness to walk out my purpose. This week at camp, we have seen God do amazing things in the lives of students. I wish I had time to tell you every single story, but here are just a few highlights. I had been praying about how um, God was going to use me this weekend, and they just asked the kids to raise their hands. And I just felt the Lord tell me to open my eyes to witness what was about to happen. And it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen, and the emotion took over last night, and each one of the girls raised their hands to step out in faith. And I just felt the Lord tugging on my heart. I decided tonight was the night, so I raised my hand, and I felt like, so much weight has came off my chest. I felt God speaking to me. I felt like tonight was my night. I knew what I had to do, and I gave my life to Jesus. It felt like everything that I had been carrying in my whole entire life had just been lifted off my shoulders. I just gave my life to the person who means everything. It was the most powerful experience I'd ever seen. I have thought about giving my life to Jesus, but I didn't know how. In that moment, it, I had two voices in my head. One of them was like, you, ha you haven't, so you got to do it now. And then the other was like, well, everybody's just going to make fun of you. I raised my hand, and I was amazed to find out that I was not the only one. I went up, and we prayed, and I gave my life to Jesus, and that took a weight off my shoulders. When I went to camp, I just felt like I had a big weight on me because I had stuff that I was hiding. I had a big weight on my chest and I didn't want to show it because I didn't want to be embarrassed. I feel like God has impacted me by me opening up my feelings to my small group. I feel like I got closer to God and more open with Him. I just know that He's always there for me and He will always help me out. Thank you for giving, thank you for praying, thank you for entrusting your students to us. We love what God is doing in the young people of our church. That's so amazing. So amazing. We're, we're so proud of all of you young people. And in fact, I wanna invite all our campuses and all of us just to say a prayer over them that what God's done this week, that he would continue in their hearts and lives. Let's just bow our heads, Lord. We thank you today. We thank you for what you're doing in this next generation. We thank you, Lord, that even before we know it, they'll be making major life decisions about who they'll marry. They'll be stepping into to, to just important places. And Lord, I thank you that you're forming their hearts now, that you're doing things in their hearts and lives now. Lord, we just agree with every parent's prayer, with every grandmother's prayer, with, with every prayer that's been prayed over their lives, Lord. We, we, we pray, Lord, that this would be an environment that strengthens them and encourages them in a world that's caustic against their faith, Lord. You would strengthen them to walk in your purpose and to walk in your ways in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen and amen. I'm, 
I'm so passionate about the next generation and I'm so thankful to be a part of a church where the next generation is a big narrative in our world, but I'm so, so thankful to be a part of a church that's making a difference and doing something about the challenges. I wanna say thank you to every small group leader and every person that took off work to pour into their lives. Would you thank them as well to serve them? We went to Psalm 34 last week. We're talking about magnifying God. We're talking about experiencing God. We're talking about worshiping God. The truth is we all magnify something. And just to be very clear up front, we're all worshipers. Worship, if you say when you're talking about worship, are you talking about, Pastor, our lives? Yes. You say, are you talking about in a small group and how we worship God in a small group setting or at a camp? Or are you talking about in our families? Are you talking about in our personal lives? Are you talking about when we drive to work every day? Are you talking about in the morning? Are you talking about with our families? I'm, I'm talking about all of it. When we gather together the expression that we bring, the, the sound that we bring, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this area of our lives that quite honestly for a lot of people, it's just like I've never been taught about it. I don't quite get it. And I wanna show you from Psalm 34 the power I was reading in my own time and, and there's just this verse that jumped off the page. It, it goes back to Sunday school somewhere and, and as I was reading and thinking about this series, this verse just stuck in my heart. I began to meditate on it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let us make him big. If you've got big problems, then we need a bigger God. And so we learn how to magnify. I started thinking that in today's world, we're, we would kind of change the verse and it would be, oh, come with me together. Let's magnify our problems. I mean, we're good at identifying problems. We're good at meditating on problems. We're good at talking about the problems. We're good at worrying in an anxious culture about the problems, but we need to let the psalmist, we need to let what David's saying here draw us up to a higher perspective. Last week, I gave you a, a chart of all the things we see in this chapter in Psalms. There's some powerful things. It, it gave us some things that God does. He, it says, he answers me. I, know, I don't know a single person that wouldn't like to think, man, I, I got a better connection to heaven. It's like, I know God's on the other end of the line. I, I know he's listening when I'm praying. The psalmist says, he answers me. He delivers me from all our fears. Fear is a paralyzing thing. It, it paralyzes you. It, it, it holds you captive. It, it sticks you where you are and he says, he delivers me from all my fears. He makes me radiant. He keeps me free from shame. He hears me. He saves me from my troubles. He encamps around me and delivers me. I know in my own prayer time sometimes, I just pray in angels and pray for God just to encamp around my life, my house, my kids, our church. Lord, we just wanna know you've just encamped around us. There's a protective shield around those that I love because you're surrounding us. Man, what a powerful promise. It says, he invites me, this is interesting now when you really think about it practically, he invites me to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste God? Well, what he's trying to do is give you the experiential language. 
Not observe God, not just talk about God, but taste. Well, that's like a sense. That's like a... When it comes to worship, I find in our culture today, we have a lot of picky eaters. You got any picky eaters in your family? A lot of picky eaters. I didn't grow up in a picky eater home. How many of y'all remember when mom would take whatever it was she cooked? We'll put it on the stove. You'll eat it for breakfast. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I didn't even know a chicken had a drumstick or a breast until I was like 25 years old. I thought they only had necks and wings. Anybody grow up in a home like that? You'll eat what we give you. <laughs> we got a lot of people like, I don't know. I don't See, he's saying, I want to give you an invitation, young person. You, you, you might want to try it. Oh, oh, I don't like it. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever actually tried it? No, I know I don't like it, and I've never tried it. I know I don't like it. I don't like it. I know by just looking at it, I don't like it. <laughs> taste it. Taste and see. The psalmist says, if you just get a taste of God, you're gonna be like, oh, good. Oh, good. I'll have some more. Taste and see how good he is. He blesses me. I lack no good thing, but what we miss a lot of times is our part in it. While we're being picky eaters, while we're standing in the observing stands of what's going on, we're missing these things. And I'm not trying to make our relationship with God transactional, but it is, there's a partnership, there's a connection, there's a, in any relationship, there's a, a part that we play. And so the psalmist shows us that when we just observe, but we don't participate, we miss all these good things because those are the things God does. He says, though, for us, we will bless the Lord at all times. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. He tells his soul, soul, you will bless the Lord. The deepest part of who you are doesn't always feel like blessing the Lord. It's like, I'm tired, I'm preoccupied, I'm busy. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. I praise him continuously. I humble myself. See, what it takes to worship is humility because you have to dethrone yourself to enthrone God in your life. I humble myself, I magnify the Lord, I exalt his name, I seek the Lord, I look to him, I fear him, I take refuge in him. So you see the connection. What I wanna draw out of Psalm 34 for us this week though, because I wanna be continuously practical in our series, because I'm trying to help bring some of you in to a, a closer experiential relationship with God. And as I said last week, I relate to you I understand where you're at. I understand that sometimes it's like, now now what is it exactly? Like, what exactly is God calling us into? And I, I love this section of what is said here about magnifying the Lord. He starts with, I will bless the Lord at all times. So, so what we're seeing here is a conscious choice to participate in blessing. And then this is the phrase that I want us to really look at. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What I found is, is that we're more comfortable with the reverent side of worshiping God. God is God, I'm good, I'm God is good. The, the reverence, that's part of worshiping God. Did you know the Bible says sometimes you just need to be quiet and 
know that he is God and reverentially come before him and, 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 and you don't have to worry about any kind of extroverted thing or you can just kind of be there in your bubble and you can just kind of rever and there's part of that and that's an expression. But this says there's also something else. I will praise him with my mouth. The words for praise are this this more exuberant, this, this more extroverted, this, this more participatory, not as observant, more participatory type of worship of God that I praise him means that I am exalting. It's words that take it up higher, that take it more extroverted. You say, well, I'm just not like that. I get it. I get it. It's not always, it's like, man, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. You could have a moment, say, everybody bow. Everybody would probably bow. Have a moment to say, let's shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Let's give him praise. Everybody be like, oh, I don't know about all that. That's why we give you coffee. <laughs> You're like, I don't know how to get to that now. Wait a minute, that, that, that's kind of a little bit much, Pastor. And I realize it doesn't always fit with our culture. It doesn't always fit with our style. We don't always even know if it's legal. Is God into that? I don't know about this praise thing, Jeff. You're, you're talking about this praise thing. Like, I don't know if I can get to that. I realize it. We had a big wedding, big staff wedding recently. In fact, it was Kendall's who, who was singing this song. She kind of grew up here. She got married. And so you got all these people on staff, her brothers and sisters and her pastors and all of us. We had a big old wedding and then we had a big old party. And uh, you know, the young people have taken over here, right? So they didn't play Brandy and I's music. They played their music. They had a dance party. And as soon as the music, boom, 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 boom. Nobody was drinking or we would have ended up in jail, okay? I'm just telling you, all right? So it was all good. So it was just, just, just full on, boom, boom, boom. And man, the wave of young people went out there and it was a wedding and it was a dance party. You know what I'm saying? Pastor JP was sitting over there with his sweet tea. We were all hanging out on the side. We were trying to decide. Steve was over there. You know, we were over there going, I don't know if we're going to get in on that. I actually had to interview a few of our staff members and say, look, how long has it been since you've been to a club? Because you got way too many moves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got moves on the dance floor. We had one of our staff members, his wife, redheaded, fiery, excited. She drug him out there. He's real reserved. Isn't it amazing how God connects just total opposites? She pulled him out there. He was standing there and she was like, He's looked like a junior high kid. <laughs> Y'all know how when you don't know what to do, you gotta get out there, you just kinda. I, I realized there was a whole bunch of people on the side and some people in the middle. And a lot of times, even when it comes to praise, we think there's an option to observe. But when it comes to God, the psalmist says, we all have to get to a place where we learn how to praise. 
where we learn how to exalt God. And I realize today I'm gonna give you, at all of our campuses, I'm gonna give you some different postures and I'm not mandating all the postures, I'm simply trying to show you the expression of praise, the environment around your own personal life, and I wanna show you what it brings. There's several postures, by the way, given in the scriptures of praise, several of them. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you those. In fact, one of them, instruments. Did you know instruments, like it's in the Bible. I encourage you to go read Psalm 150. Over and over in Psalm 150, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Did you know it has all kinds of instruments? Some are saying, should we have that one? I don't know if I like that one. It says if it has strings over and over, just bring it on, we'll take that one too. Let every one of those instruments praise the Lord. We have a... We have a decibel meter here, by the way. If you don't know what that is, that's to check the decibel level of the sound. You may be surprised by that. My dad was an engineer, so everything that I do, I understand the back, back story of, you know, so I make them think about the decibel meter. And, and, and so I, I, I understand that, but I do wanna tell you in the Bible, again, we don't wanna lose our hearing for Jesus. But I want you to read one of the verses in Psalm 150, it says, Get the cymbals and play them loud. You're like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm just saying it's in the Bible. Let those cymbals, let those strings, let those instruments, let them, let them praise the Lord. It even finishes by saying, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And it has several postures, but before we get to the postures, I wanna back up just a minute because I know some of you I've already lost. You're like, oh, he's, oh, he's way too far out here today. All right, I'm gonna back up. I'm gonna pick you back up here. There's, there's barriers that we have to praise. I, I know it. I know we have these barriers. Some of us, when we think praise, you're thinking, Jeff, you're thinking hype. You're thinking pep rally, you know? I feel it sometimes, you know, because we want everybody to kind of participate. So everybody, you know, let's give him a round of applause. Can we have an amen in the house of God? You know, I, yeah, you know, and so sometimes I, I feel you, right? Like it's not like we're just trying to hype or have a, you know, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about we got more spirit? And you're kind of like, ah, uh, I, I get it. Maybe it feels that way. Do you know the book of Amos actually says that God rejects empty praise. He, he's not looking for just form and he's not looking for hype, but he is looking for authentic expression of exaltation in our lives. Another barrier is it's the opposite of how we feel. I, I just want you to know that there's a, there's a barrier to praise because our normal nature is to get, especially when you go through challenges, you, you get a normal feeling is, I wanna withdraw. I, I, wanna, I wanna pull back, I, I wanna get myopic, I wanna get intro perspective on my problem, I wanna worry about it, I wanna meditate on it. So it's the opposite of how we feel. But David, this is not the only time David says this, by the way. You'll see routinely in scripture, he's being chased by Saul. His enemies are coming to attack him. He will consistently bring this praise thing. His praise will be in my mouth. I will praise him. Why? David is showing us, my soul will bless the Lord 
So I just wanna encourage you with something. Many times to praise God, it's gonna be the opposite of what you feel. It'll be the exact opposite of what you feel. We feel like we're on the outside. I know the first time I got around people that praised God, you know? Like these were praise people. My mom was a praise person, you know? You have a problem, well, we're just gonna praise him, Jeff. I'm like, what? Huh? We're gonna praise God? Like, and you kind of start thinking, well, wait a minute, Jeff, are you talking about, like, those maybe are super spiritual people. I know you've had the thought. Some somebody's praising God, I'm praising God, I'm praising God. Kind of like, are they trying to show everybody they're more spiritual? Like, is that what you have to do to be more spiritual? Because I don't really do that. I'm on, remember, I'm on the outside of that. And you have this feeling of, well, that's like an inside group that, that kind of has this. No, no, actually, when you study the stories of Jesus, I'm going to show you a few next week. Jesus brought praise to those on the outside. By the way, I would encourage you with this if you haven't been around it a lot. When you find a praiser, what you find a lot of times is people that have had a lot of pain and they learn how to pay, praise him through their pain. They learn, because it's like, man, I'm either gonna go crazy, I'm either gonna go into sin, or I'm gonna go towards God. And you'll find that they caught on to something that David is talking about here, because that's what Jesus did. The woman at the well, he went to Samaria on purpose, because they didn't believe those people were included in God's plan. He runs into a woman at a well where people would be gathered. He starts talking to her. She's got family problems and marriage issues. They start talking about worship. And she thinks, oh, it's the inside people. Go read the story. Oh, well, well, Jesus starts talking about his people worshiping him on this mountain. And she says, wait a minute. Isn't that the special people can worship him? Like, they've got to go to Jerusalem. Like, they've got to be on the inside. They've got to know all of this. Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. There's coming a day where the true worshipers are going to worship me. They're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And she goes, oh, I know when that happens. It's when the Messiah comes. And he says, that's who you're talking to. He came to bring those on the outside into a place where they would begin to praise him. So I know if you feel on the outside, it's a normal feeling. And here's one that I think is so common. No one thinks when I have challenges, I should lift up my voice to God and start praising God. No one thinks that. It's like, man, I gotta find a problem that I can fix. I gotta find a solution. My life, I, I live around problems. I got two or three texts this week. I'm just like, man. I live around people's pain. I live around problems. Now, I have my own problems. I have my own family. I have my own kids. I have my own relatives. I have, just like you, I have my own things that I'm praying and seeking God about. But then I have other people and a friend whose dad is, has, has serious cancer in this situation and that situation. You're like, Pastor, how do people that are around problems maintain equilibrium? How do you maintain stability? How do you maintain hope? Well, well, you gotta learn to praise. <laughs> you gotta learn to wake up in the morning and say, I'm gonna praise the Lord. I'm gonna exalt him above whatever I face today. He's gonna be with me. You begin to praise him. It's not the normal feeling, but can I encourage you, if you would learn to develop that rigor in your life when you don't feel it, you'll see a difference in how you face your day. Your day will be a lot different if you make God bigger in your day.
None of, most of us don't think that. I love the story of Paul and Silas. Remember Paul and Silas in the jail. When I was a kid, we'd just see, we'd, just, we'd study that story, and you're like, when you really think about it, it's nuts. They've been beaten, they've been imprisoned. They get thrown in jail. I don't, I'm telling you honestly, if I went, if I was put in jail today, I don't think I would start with, you know what we need to do? Let's praise the Lord. I'll be like, let's get an attorney. Let's figure out how to get out of this. What happened? Who did this? Who's got a solution? Who's got a strategy? We're in jail. Then I might feel sorry for myself if I'm honest. Why'd they put me in jail? I'm a good guy. I mean, I try to help people. Why, Lord, it's our normal feelings. But the Bible says they began to praise. They began to praise God and he opened up the jail. What kind of imprisonments are we in? What kind of jails are we in that praise is what unlocks those things around our hearts and our lives? This is the Bible. Our flesh fights against it. It just does. Your flesh fights against it. It's like, oh man, that's not what I wanna do. When you have pain and problems, as I said, the natural thing is to draw into yourself. I've seen it for years as a pastor. Where are the Smiths? Where are the Joneses? What happened to so-and-so? I'll ask one of our pastors. They'll be like, well, they've just been going through a lot. What is it about the enemy's strategy in our lives that when you start having struggles, he works to isolate you with your own stuff? I love Hebrews 13. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. I like that language. Did you know sometimes my praise, it's a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel it. I don't like it. I don't even know why I'm doing it. Sometimes, he's writing to a Hebrew audience, and you know what, I just saw this in a different light this week. It's not always how the priest, he's writing to a Jewish group. It's not about what the priest feels about the sacrifice. It's about the sacrifice getting put on the altar. And so he says and uses that language, it's not, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm gonna bring the sacrifice of praise to God. When I don't feel it, I'm gonna offer it up to him. I'm gonna offer you a sacrifice of praise, God. No matter what I'm experiencing or what's going on in my life. And then there's these postures that are given in scripture. I know there's a lot of you maybe it's just like, I don't know what all the postures are and what are these different things and, and, and what, is, what is God talking about? Well, I gave you the instruments. Speaking, my mouth will speak these praises of the Lord. Remember, participatory. I think a lot of times we think that there's an option, you know? You hear pastors saying, man, we're trying to get people out of the stands and onto the field. There's no option to be in the stands when it comes to God's kingdom. You are a participant. You are praising something. Your mouth is speaking something. This is not where on, when NFL comes and we all wear the jerseys to identify with the players. We are the players. And I know you've heard it before, but it's true. Where I live, if you're watching online, where I live, people love football. I'm gonna tell you that right now. There's a worship service starts every year about September. I'll mention Aggies in here, there'll be more whoops. There they are. 
Church can only handle so many of those. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to some of those games, but it's a worship service. And I will say this, if we in our region, as a pastor who deals with the problems of the people of our region, if we got half as extroverted about God as we do about football, our region would look a lot different. I'm not against celebrating football. I've seen people paint their faces and go nuts, stand in church and go, praise the Lord. That's just not what I do. Shout. That's a hard one. Shout for joy. Shout unto the Lord. It's like, man, I don't know about all that. Shout. It's kind of out of our comfort zone. Shout for joy to God of all the earth. Sing, sing praises to God. Sing, that's a posture. Bow, let us bow down before him. Let us bow in worship. Stand. Some people come here and say, man, they stand a lot. So I'm, pray, I'm afraid if I let you sit, you really won't participate, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> kind of keep you standing, so you gotta kind of figure out if you're gonna get in on the things going on. Y'all know what I'm saying? But standing is a form of worship. I'm gonna stand before the Lord. Why am I gonna stand? I'm gonna stand to show him that I'm standing for him. I'm standing before you, Lord. By the way, I realize the Bible has all these postures, but did you know neuroscience, just neuroscience, when you study body language and you study just, just, just in general, if you're like this, I give it a seven. Your, your own brain in the way you receive the information is different than if you're like this, or you're like this, or you're like this, or you're like this. There's, there's a posture even. that The Bible knows us. Y- y'all ever heard, you ever, ever heard this? I know I've told my kids this. They're like, well, that's not how I feel. Dad, I don't feel that way. I'm like, you need to correct your attitude. Like, well, I don't feel bad. I love it, Dad. I'm like, you need to tell your face. <laughs> Did you know our body languages, our, our expressions to God, like we can feel deep things on the inside of us. By the way, this will affect our natural relationships, not just our relationship with God. It, it's affected by our postures. We stand, we, oh, here's a tough one, dance. Let them praise his name with dancing, clapping, and lifting up hands. Some of you may not have known that. You're like, why do people lift hands? It's, it's multiple places in the Bible. In your name, I will lift my hands. You say a lot with your hands, by the way. You're saying you have to do this, pastor? I didn't say you have to, I said you get to. You get to, you get, it's legal. God likes it. Some people say, well, I'll never do that. If you say that, you're the one that needs to do it. Because what that is, is you positioning yourself in such a way to say to God what you will and won't do. I will lift my hands. What is he saying? Do you have to lift your hands? It's an expression. If you have grandkids, any grandparents in here, your little grandkids come up to you, it's like, ah. You don't say, you're a little charismatic. Why are you raising your hand? You're like, come on up here with Papa. Y'all know what do you want for Christmas? Ah. You think God ever feels that? Lord, I need you. I want you. I love you. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He's eternal. He's fine. We need it. 
All of this, you're like, well, okay, Jeff, I got you. This I'm understanding a little bit more. What happens though when we praise? Here's my number one thing that I really want you to get before I pray for you. God is everywhere, but he's also distinctly and uniquely somewhere. I want you to hear this wherever you're listening from. We, we don't always understand this. What's in this praise thing? Did you know it says where two or three are gathered? Not at just the game, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Wherever you gather in his name, he says, I'm there in a different way than I'm just everywhere. God is omnipresent, by the way. There's nowhere God is not. He is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. But he's also uniquely somewhere. I like this from the King James. Oh, thou inhabits the praises of Israel or your people. I remember it. It's one of those verses I just remembered and I kind of quote a lot. But it says Israel, but it is his people. But he inhabits the praises of his people. So what happens is when we begin to praise him, when we begin to exalt him, when we begin to get outside our feelings, what he's saying is, I come in those settings. I come and I'm near you. Who doesn't want God to be closer? Who doesn't need God's nearness? It's like my kids, they're all older now. I had four little ones. You know what all of them wanted to do at night when the boogeyman came? Get in my bed. Any young parents out there, y'all know what I'm saying? They, now I'm in the house, but that's not close enough for them. They wanna be in my bed, but I'm from the old school. We don't let them in our bed. We lock you on the outside. We, we, we got, this is no fly zone. The dog wants to get in my bed. I don't even like the dog. He for sure ain't getting in my bed. But you know what would happen is you wake up the next morning, you walk out the bedroom door, they made a pallet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Bump in. Why? They want to be close. Because why? They feel safer when they're close. I'm here to tell you there's, there's barriers and breakthroughs in this praise area that you look for closeness. God says, I come uniquely in those places of praise. It's in the Bible. He inhabits the praises. What does it produce? Confidence. It produces help. It produces spiritual strength in our lives because we're in this spiritual world. We're having a natural existence in a spiritual world and we are spiritual beings. By the way, next week I'm gonna talk to you about spiritual strength and I'm gonna talk to you about spiritual warfare. If we knew how much spiritual warfare happened in the area of magnifying and praising God, we would be way more into it. Because there is this spiritual realm. You don't get to be an observer in the spiritual battle. You're in the battle. And so I'm gonna talk to you next week about the battle you're fighting and the strength that you can be given. And as I said, I go through battles, I go through struggles. And, and what, what do I think about in a series like this? I just like you, get discouraged, get afraid, worry, wonder, have things. But, but along the way, I've, I've learned, I've developed, it's not my normal personality. It's not how I would draw it up. There's things I don't even like. There's songs I don't connect to. It's like, why are we playing that? I don't really, who cares? We have smoke in church now. I hate the smoke. 
It's like somebody's back there going. Why do we need smoke? They're like, well, it helps the lights and the people online. Well, we're doing it for you. So you can, the lights will work better, I guess. And you have all of us now because we all have our own playlist. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that. Who cares? I will bless the Lord. Whether they play my song or they don't play my song. I will bless the Lord. I will praise the Lord. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Because why? I understand the power that's in it. And I want to encourage you. You're a praising church. You're an atmosphere where when we come in, people feel the presence of God. And it's not because we're better or we're worthy. It's because he's worthy. And when we come together, we're going to worship him and we're going to honor him and we're going to praise him and we're going to seek him. And you know what happens? God shows up there. I heard a story this week. I love to tell you current. I'm so thankful I'm in an atmosphere where I'm hearing current stories, you know? There's a guy named Tim. He came for several weeks. His wife asked him to come. They'd hit a little rocky patch in their marriage. He said, I want to come for my daughter. He started coming. He said he cried through every service that he came to. This is a guy that's not the church guy. He's a guy altogether. He comes and he starts, why? It's the presence of God softening him, softening his heart, coming from wherever it is that he's coming from, bringing all that with wherever he's coming from, and, and God's presence starts working on him. And this last Thursday, one of our team members led him to faith in Jesus Christ this last Thursday, Tim. We're gonna tell you a story, but I would like to also offer to you something. I, I really believe this, that your praise influences those around you. I'm not, I'm not talking about the form. I'm talking about the heart. The heart of praise, it influences those that you love because God inhabits the praises of his people. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, we thank you and we admit to you that we're, we're a little challenged here. We're, we're a little challenged with this praise word, Lord. It messes with us a little bit. And, and yet, Lord, we, we, we ask you to, to just soften our hearts and, and bring us into a place, Lord, in our daily lives where our first go-to is to praise you. Lord, Lord, help us. Help us with, with, with where we come from and our barriers or traditions, all the things, Lord, we... We want our praise, Lord, to glorify and exalt you. We want to bless you and praise you. Let it continually be in our mouth. I pray if there's one person listening to me that doesn't know you, doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, they would commit themselves to you today. Say, Jesus, I want to worship you. I want to exalt you. I believe you died for me, rose from, from the dead. Be my Jesus today. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to let us know. But Lord, I thank you today that we live in a world with mounting bigger problems, but I thank you that you're big enough. You're bigger. We magnify you. We enter your courts with praise and thanksgiving today. We come before you and exalt you today above everything that we see around us. Lord, we thank you that you fill us with hope. You fill us with strength. I pray that for every person listening. You're filling them with strength and hope as they simply say, God, I praise you. I exalt you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.